you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. The best shit, though, is when you come back from an audition and you're like, this is the worst audition I've ever done. And you're like crying and you're like inconsolable. Yeah. And then you get a call back. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to Shit They Don't Tell You. Thanks for listening. We are a CastBox original produced in partnership with Studio 71. CastBox happens to be the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android. Did, 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 did you know that? I did. I don't know if they did. But if you didn't know, you can find all your favorite podcasts here. You can also listen to Shit They Don't Tell You wherever you get your podcasts. But we hope that you'll give CastBox a shot because we happen to think it's the best. No, we know it's the best. It is the best. How do we know? Because they told us to say that. That's exactly right. (laughs) But also, I really like it. Me too. But really. Hey, I'm winking back. No, I'm not winking. I'm not winking. I really like it. Why didn't anyone tell me? Oh, thank you for listening to the Shit They Don't Tell You podcast. My name is Steve Green. I am joined here by my lovely wife. Her name is Nikki Limo. Did you almost forget and you had to buy time? No, I am Her dealing... name is... What is it? No, I'm dealing with a cold right now, and so I'm trying to stay professional and not cough on my... Oh, okay. That's nice of you. Thank you. So I had to do an interruption. You also always intro these like you're announcing a baseball game. No, if I was announcing a baseball game, I'd be like... Hello, welcome to Sit They Don't Tell You Podcast. <laughs> you joined here today by a special guest, Nike Weebo. <laughs> oh, I like I mean? that. Yeah, you should start that. You should start yeah, doing it that way. I probably should, actually. I could do play-by-play. <laughs> I love those guys, man. The L.A. guy, he's my favorite. The The voice of the Dodgers for all those years. He's he Yeah, Vin Scully, Vin Scully right? Yeah, the, <laughs> he, he he is basically the voice that that the, yeah. that, that he's voice. He's the Dodgers yeah, voice. Yeah, he's the voice. Yeah. Cool. Well, today we're talking about failure and rejection. And yes, it is just me and Steve today. 
Um, there are some topics that I feel like a guest would be offended by if we invited them on. We're like, yeah, we thought you'd be perfect for failure and rejection. Yeah, we wanted to have you on today <laughs> to talk about failure and rejection. It's kind of like when we had Horton on, we just talked about how he's old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best shit, man. That was man. kind of fun, though. Oh, dude, it was so fun watching him because his head just kind of sank. He's like, yeah. I knew it. It was he the was best. Like, I knew it. Because we didn't tell him why we were going to have him on. And we're like, hey, yeah. dude, we're talking to you about how you're fucking old today. By the way, you should go listen to that episode. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. We made it work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, Horton. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to do that topic because I feel old and also he, I know he feels old. Sure. So, you know, seemed perfect. Yeah. Anyway, failure and rejection. Okay, so a lot of people experience this, this in life. A lot of people don't want to experience this in life, but we all do it, right? And I think a lot of us spend an excessive amount of time trying to avoid it. And I feel like um, something that I, I wish I would have learned sooner is just to embrace it. Yeah, what is, but it's, ah, man, it's so tough to say that because it's it's uh, the scariest thing in the world. Totally. In a lot of ways. But it know, is still to me, by the way. You know, one reason I'm not out there doing stand-up every fucking week is because I'm scared of it. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still scared of it while I still like the idea of it. I'm still terrified of it. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But there's something pulling you to do it, right? Yeah. Or there's something pulling you to do comedy or performing, and and of course everything's scary when you're first starting. You don't you don't have that much experience with stand up. You've done it no, before, exactly. but you, you're That's not what like scares a stand up. Like if if yeah. I was doing an improv show tonight, I wouldn't even sweat nothing. Yeah, like the idea of that doesn't even make me the slightest bit nervous. Right. But the idea of me doing something that I haven't done nearly as much. Right. Like I've done 10,000 hours of improv. Yeah. I've, I have not even done I don't think a thousand hours of stand up. So that becomes a, a different. Yeah. Feeling. I feel the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, because I I did stand up a lot, but improv terrifies me. Right. Even though I think it's fun, it's still terrifying because like you don't know what you're gonna say, and then and then there's you're working with other people, and like what if they say something stupid and you gotta save it, or what if you say something stupid yes. and no one can save it? Yes. I don't know. It's just tough because yeah, I, it's terrifying. Like I'm, I'm doing a stand up show next week actually, and like the day before Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. And I'm like. Man, it's been a long time since I did this. I, I think it, yeah. I think I haven't done it since we were in Just for Laughs in Canada. Oh, in 2014. In 2014. Like first time. So yeah, I haven't done it since then. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm both excited about it, but I'm also terrified of it. And the idea, obviously, the, the scary part of it is the rejection part of it where it's like- Yeah, because what with, if no one laughs? Right. You, you know right away if people yes. are digging you or not. Yeah. Because they won't laugh. Well, if they don't laugh, I'm just going to- um, I just rip myself into pieces the whole way through. Yeah. You know what I mean? You well, because just... you're an improviser, so you know how to do that. Yeah, there you go. Which is great. That's a great skill to save yourself. I'll do crowd work to myself. I'll yeah. do a, the roast of Steve Green. Yeah. To myself, wow. bro. Bold. Yeah, that's bold. my that's my backup plan. So bold. Thank you. So like what you do in normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the quest for happiness, I feel like this would have helped me a lot to have learned sooner to just embrace failure and rejection as part of success yes. because it isn't separate from success. I think that's what the misconception people have is that if you are failing, then you are not succeeding. But really, no successful person has gone without failing. Failure well, is like part of the journey to success. Yeah, because but I feel that's like everyone when, knows the slogan, but they don't but want they do, to But that's why we're going to deep dive into Yeah, it. yeah. But they don't want to experience the grinding feeling of rejection and failure. Right. <laughs> well, well, so here's what happens. You get rejected or you fail, and then you go sh shrivel into a ball and you hide, right? Yeah. And then you go like, make it go away, and you deny it, and you just like, you just make it go away, and then you live your normal life and you pretend it never happened, yeah. right? 
But that's the how you stay stuck in the same place. If instead you were like, oh, cool, I failed. What did I learn? You know, that's a, that's yeah. the part. It's so hard. And, and it's really hard, hard because we're emotional creatures. We have egos. You know, mm-hmm. our ego gets hurt. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, no, this hurts. I don't want to do it. I suck and all this stuff. And then you don't want to feel like you suck. So you just avoid it. Yes. But but if we if I had known sooner or if I had learned sooner to take whatever I just failed at and like look for the things that you can learn from and and like not fail at next time um I think I would have grown a lot faster and I think I wouldn't have been stuck in like misery for so long yeah you know because um because I was miserable because I was fighting the reality right I was like fighting like this isn't what where I should be and like I should be acting in movies or whatever, you know, whatever it is that I got rejected on. Like, yeah. how come I'm not booking? I should, I have all this training. I should be in a movie, but that's not the reality of what was happening. Like, I'm not in a movie because I'm not booking because of, well, let's see what happened in those auditions. You know, what right. could have I have done better? And that's just like one example. But um, so there's a couple of things uh, along this subject. And I've been reading a couple of books lately, which weirdly, uh, I mean, I guess it's not coincidentally, they're in the same vein of genre, the same genre of book. And but, I haven't been reading a couple of books lately. Yeah, but you've probably been failing a lot lately. So oh, that's for sure. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I've been learning so, the hard way. The old, the, the old uh, hard hard rock, school of hard rock, or hard knocks. Hard knocks? School hard of hard rock knock, is a school restaurant. Of hard rocks way. I love hard rock. Thank you. Yeah. It's a great restaurant as well. Hell yeah. Good music genre too. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the books I'm reading is Failing Forward by John C. Maxwell. And then the other one is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And both of them just touch on these subjects in the same kind of way. Mark Manson has a more modern, like, uh, more fun approach to it because it's like, here's how to not give a fuck. And here's what to give a fuck about and all this stuff. Yeah. Good book. You should read it. What Um, has he done with his life, though, that he hasn't, that he's not given a fuck other than write a book called Don't How Not to Give a Fuck? You should read it. I will. And by the way, the book is not about not giving a fuck about anything. It's about placing your fucks in the right place. Oh, I believe in that. Yeah, and you believe I'm a in, big believer yeah. in that. It's like it's giving a fuck about very few things instead of giving so many fucks about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love That's that. That's how I feel about people. Yeah, yeah, you've really taught me that. Yeah. I, he reminds me of you, actually. Oh, like, that's cool. Reading the book. Like, I think you guys would be good friends. Hey, Mark Manson, if you're listening, we should we should hang out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think I, he'd be I, friends I, with my husband. I'm a pretty cool guy. I dress like I bowl. He's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> And I bowl like I dress. Sure. Yeah, not well. <laughs> Holy shit. Great. No. Is it, are you starting the roast of Steve Green already? Yeah, I'm getting, getting going getting early. Of, getting your hours in? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so number one that I've gathered uh, from life and from books that just succinctly like just narrowed it down for me, um, separ- separating failing from being a failure. So not like making that part of you. Not like part of your be- identity. You yeah, don't wrap exactly. yourself in the flag of I'm a failure. Yeah, just because you've failed a couple of times doesn't mean that you are a failure. But how do they do that? Because it's like, yeah, I, I don't know how to do that sometimes. It's like sometimes you just feel like you're a failure at something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No, no. That, I mean, that's so natural. And that's why I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these are things that like they you intuitively do do that. Like you intuitively are like, I failed, so I'm a failure. Right. So this is about training your brain to not look at it that way mm-hmm. which is really hard for me and oh, yeah. well and you yeah it's but, an insight on nikki i mean she comes back from bad audition like she feels exactly like this. oh yeah i just want to die yeah like i just can't stop crying and i want to die yeah but 
that's why I need reminders like this because it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm not a failure just because I failed at this one thing this time. Right. You know? The best shit though is when you come back from an audition and you're like, this is the worst audition I've ever done and you're like crying and you're like inconsolable. Yeah. And then you get a call back. Yeah. Yeah, That's that happens. The best shit. Those ever. are the ones I get callbacks on. I don't know anything about anything. You ha- I'll tell you why. I know nothing. So, so fun fact about Nikki is that she has no self awareness of how well she did at something. Right. So she often, almost always, thinks she did really, really bad, complete failure. Well, right. because whenever I'm like, I fucking killed it, then people like the the criticisms are like. Nah, you didn't do a good yeah, job, right? Yeah. It's always like my worst job I've ever done. So when you feel like you killed it is when you get the feedback that you did not kill it. Yeah, it's like in school, I used to procrastinate till the very last day to like write the paper that we had two weeks to write, right? So I would like start writing it the night before at 10 p.m. and it's due the next morning at 8 a.m. and I'd be up till like 3 a.m. writing this paper and I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck and I would get an A plus on that paper. Uh But the ones where like they give you two weeks and I started two weeks early and I'm like, wow, I'm really taking my time with this. I'm doing like a good job. I'm really thorough and I like, probably overthink it or whatever. I always think I did a killer job and I got like a B minus. Right. <laughs> like why? I love that you're pissed about B minus. I'd be like, I got a fucking B minus. Oh yeah. The world can suck my dick today. <laughs> well, that's probably contributes to why I feel like a failure is because yeah. I was judged by like such high standards. Like in my family, if I brought back less than an A, they're like, what is wrong? What, what happened? Yeah. Are you doing drugs? Are Dude, you if troubled? My, if my older sister did that, they would literally have take, have gotten a drug test see that's i was jen because she was that studious if you will no i i graduated with a 4.268 whereas with with me if they got if my parents got a call from the you know the nurse and it's like we caught steven eating clay they'd be like we know <laughs> you know like shit he like likes that to do that right sometimes they just didn't expect much i get it expect expectations versus versus reality versus yeah exactly. by the way now though who's my parents favorite Still my sister, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. totally. Not oh, what does that feel Not like, I wonder, to be the favorite? I don't oh, yeah. know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> but I think... Dude, I texted my parents last night that I won my fantasy football game, and they didn't even tell me that they're proud of me. Wow. Can you believe that shit? I can't. Yeah. Are you... Hey, who's uh, winning the league? Is well, not me, but I'm second place. Okay, well, you don't get prizes for second place. Well, I know, but I just my parents don't even know what place I'm in. I just wanted to tell them that I won so I could get a little bit of praise, but they didn't even say congrats or nothing or that they're proud of me. You know what? Good. Damn. <laughs> Good. This is why I want to have kids so that I can teach them to give me praise. That's yeah. silly things. Well, then that praise starts not meaning anything. No, to me, it means everything because I only leave it, I only allow people to affect me who are in my bubble, yeah. like my circle bubble. So you would let the kids in the bubble? Oh, yeah, sure. They're my kids. They're okay. in the bubble. And then if they give me praise, then it's really tight because they're in my bubble. But your kids are not going to think you're cool. Well, they might think you're cool in, until they are old enough to realize what cool is. And then they're like, if, oh, dad's a nerd. What if I only show them bowling movies and stuff and then they're like, whoa, dad dresses fucking cool. Sure. You know what I'm so saying? So you're going to dress like this forever? Oh, yeah. Okay. I found my style. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you know what sucks about that is that my brother just laughed at that. That makes me feel really bad. No, because he's laughing at the way I'm dressed. Shame on you. You're the one that's making him Shame laugh at you, that. Shame on you, sir. You're the one roasting yourself. No, that's sad. Okay, number two is comparing yourself to others. You know? Sure. I mean- You got this problem big time. I do. I mean, a lot of people do. No, I no, think no, social, just... social media like really makes yes. us- 
have to be so conscious about not comparing ourselves yes. to others. It's like almost impossible to stop comparing myself to others. I only, when... Oddly enough, I only compare myself to my enemies. I seriously, I mean, I mean this. Go on, elaborate. Yeah, so I only compare myself to my enemies, and usually I'm crushing them. Like in almost every avenue oh. that I can measure, I'm crushing. You them. You need to pick more challenging enemies, then. I agree with you. Yeah. Because lately, my enemies have not been very strong. Yeah. I'm like, damn, dude. No, that's no good. Right. You need to like have some <clears throat> sort of motivating factor. Oh, that's that's probably why you're just on your computer all day playing, looking at Reddit. Yeah, and, I mean, because like, I, cause I video conquered games. my enemies. I, I can play my cowboy game all day. You <laughs> but know you can't. Can I be your enemy? Because I like hate that. <laughs> well, you hate what? I hate that you just sit around <laughs> doing Reddit and playing your cowboy game. Well, if only I was doing that all day. I don't just yeah. do that all day. Well, what do you do? I work on my on my movie stuff. Okay. And I good. write with the boys all week. Okay, so then, so then you need better enemies. Yeah, I do need better enemies. Yeah, okay. So feeling like a failure is one of the biggest things I've struggled with. Even like a year ago, when I see like friends from um, high school or whatever from my old town, they're like, "Hey, you're killing it right now." I'd be like, "What? Are you being sarcastic?" Yeah. <laughs> like, do you have eyeballs even? Yeah. And um, I was recently introduced to the idea. Uh, I constantly felt like I was failing, and I and I. Um, was recently introduced to the idea that I was failing. I feel this way because of the <laughs> metrics that I'm using. That's what uh, Mark Manson calls it in his book. Uh, the metrics that I was using is like, well, um, I wanted to be acting full time, but I wasn't booking, yeah. so I'm failing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted my YouTube channel to be bigger, but it wasn't growing, so I'm failing. Um, you know, I wanted to buy a house, but we were stuck in our shitty apartment forever and ever and it seemed like I was going to die there so I felt like I was failing like all the way around but those because the metrics that I was using was like our friends are I, I'm, yes. we're friends with people that are killing it on YouTube yes. that, you get you know we're friends with some one percenters out there yeah. yeah yeah who like have buttloads of money <laughs> who are like just driving Audis for fun you know or yeah. whatever and I don't even care about cars but no. just the fact that they could if they wanted to you know yeah. is like Damn, I'm really fucking up. And a lot of them buying are buying Teslas for props, bro. It's like of, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Not a joke, by the no, way. No, not even a joke. I'm like, good for and you. And most of them are younger <laughs> than me. Like most of them are like younger by a few years yeah. than me. So I'm like, man, like, ugh, ugh. I've been doing this too long yeah. to be here. I felt just like really stuck and stuff. And that was just because. Yeah, the metrics that I was using were like by their numbers instead of by like my own. Numbers, you know, Certainly. or my own uh, amount of progress. Whereas if I went back six years ago and told myself, like, hey, in six years from now, like, you'll be working full time doing something you love like the you're you'll be in the entertainment industry you'll make be making videos for a living you'll um, be married to a guy that is awesome sometimes like thinks he's way too awesome. What? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They actually think that though. You I know. No, I'm just. No, he back. is. He is not. People like think that. I'm a cocky motherfucker no. and all this shit. No, he's not. My like own that. dad thinks his shit. Yeah. I'm no. like, dude. I'm like, dude. How can I be so close to somebody who hey, doesn't know me? Sorry, you're go ruining ahead. my. You're ruining my. You know, go back to the point. refrain, please. Okay, Get sorry, back I'm to sorry, the I shouldn't speech. have made Jesus a little. Christ. I shouldn't have made a little joke. Yeah. I shouldn't. I'm sorry. Can we retract this joke I made? It was a. Go back to your speech. It was a little joke and it's stupid. I'll stand over here. Go ahead. Okay. So. You know, I tell my six year six years ago self like you're married to the guy that loves you and and who has a big dick and you love having sex with. How about that's that? True. I like that. Better? That's okay. Better. That's great. Um and and you have like some cats and you live in like the sunny part of Southern California. Like, you know, like you there was a lot 
there's a lot that we had going on that I just didn't like. I never didn't see it as success. I saw it as failure because of what I was measuring myself against, you know. And what? Why are you zoning out now? Mm-hmm. Just because I'm of that not. one little joke I made? No, Get over I'm, it. I'm Get here. over yourself. I'm here. I'm still going on how my dad doesn't love me. That's all. Well, that's all okay we with all you. have that, okay? Oh, yeah. You're not special. Well, your dad loves you now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that must be real cool. <laughs> but I think my brother's still the favorite. Um, um. Yeah. Go ahead. Your dad doesn't love you what? No, yeah. Just Mind about to, it. Go ahead. Just wanted to talk about it. <sighs> I wish you loved me. I think it's because when I was a real little kid. Yeah. I would challenge him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that that upset him. Oh, me too. Yeah. I did that with my dad. Because I wouldn't say that my dad was like a quote unquote alpha male. Uh huh. But I think that I was very much an extrovert. Uh huh. And so I would challenge him, his manhood in a way, in an indirect way that I didn't really realize I was doing. And yeah. I think I still do that to this day, just wow. by being me. Wow, this guy. And I think a, it offends a, him. I do. Deep, I think it offends a deep him. Deep therapy session. And I think it emasculates him. I do. Okay. And I hate my father. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, this took a dramatic turn. I'm kidding. Turn. Escalated I'm so quickly. doing bits. Okay. Okay. But the, some of that was really true. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you figure out. You suss mine, it out. Mine was that I wasn't able to like, I wasn't able to like speak my mind if it was opposed his opinions, uh-huh. you know? So um, I would just get so mad because like I'm an outspoken person. He, We're both very stubborn and he was just like, respect your elders. Don't talk back. You can't like argue. You yes. Know? Yes. And if I just don't understand something, because sometimes I just don't understand another person's point of view and I want to. And I'm like challenging that because I just want to understand. Like he w- wouldn't take the time to like explain his position. It would just be like, I'm right. You're wrong. Bye. Right. Shut up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My, uh, yeah. I would say that um, one of the reasons why I don't have. This relationship with failure that you have is because I think my parents were a lot more supportive growing up. Yeah. Like, um, they were supportive, but they weren't like... Uh, my parents were supportive. Yeah. But they, they, they were like, you can do it, but they were never like, you're killing it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, mine was more like, I felt like a lot of praise when I did something, when I did something right. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I got straight A's, I would get praise. Or when I... Uh, did a performance, I would get applause or roses or whatever, you know, like I did ballet and I did like um, dance stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like I needed to do things in order to be seen as worthy in their eyes, right? So anytime I'm not doing things, like even now today in my adult life, when I'm not doing enough things or I don't think that I'm accomplishing or performing well or doing something that would garner praise, um, I don't feel worthy. Yeah, sure. So I feel like I'm, f- I'm a failure. Yeah. I feel like I'm failing. I know that. And I equate that to failing. But it took me a lot of therapy to, to understand Yeah, it that, did. You know? And it, it's f- so funny how that works because I used to try to tell you these things, but until you were in therapy, it really wouldn't register yeah, with you. Yeah, well, it, you know, you say things and then it maybe it's like reading things five times. You know, yeah. like I'll read something the first time it just – I just don't even – process it Mm -hmm. and the second time it's like oh that's interesting and then the third time it's like wow this is making a lot of sense and then 
finally it sinks in, yeah. you know, around the fourth or fifth time you hear something. Right. Which is why you can continue to read the same genre of like self-help books and you've heard the thing before, but it just didn't click at that the first time you read yeah. it, you know, um, or the way that that person, the first author wrote it didn't resonate as much as the second author or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, my therapist talking about how like I only I mean, if we want to get real emotional, it's like as a baby or as a child, you equate that to being worth loving. So um, anytime I'm, even though that's not true, my parents love me no matter what, the way that I equated it as a child was that they only love me if I'm doing these things. Yes. You know? And so that. Whereas you just existing is not worth love. Right. You accomplishing even though it's not true at all. Right. Yeah. That's just the way that my child self took it. And so that got carried into adulthood. Yes. And that took a, until it was worded that way to me, I didn't really understand it. I see. And so that has a lot to, yeah, that has a lot to do with my fear of failure is that if I am failing at something, it means that I'm not worth loving. That makes all sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you were probably the first relationship that I've been in that I felt loved no matter what. Yeah. And so that was. Well, I deserve, a, I think, an award for that or something. Maybe. I think that that's I mean, a I, you know, big deal. I give you blowjobs. So well, I feel like that's, kind I feel of like, that's a like a standard thing. All right, I'll take them away. That's fine. No, don't take them away. Okay. <laughs> no, I feel like. Uh, you want a trophy? I'll make you a trophy. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I already have trophies. You don't have any trophies. So maybe you have, make yourself one. You don't one. have plural yeah. trophies. You have one trophy. Maybe make yourself a trophy. By the way, when sweetie. when Steve's sister won a trophy and he didn't in karate, he I got, tried. He cried. So I'll beat you to it, baby. A little bitch. I cried like a bitch. He's a little bitch. I sure did. You didn't beat me to it. No, I did. <laughs> I said I cried. No, because uh, yeah, um, I don't know, man. I think that for me, I even now, I think so much of my identity was my YouTube channel mm -hmm. and like what I did on YouTube and like my bits and like all my comedy vids and all that stuff, and losing that uh, through. Uh, YouTube's very sensible demonetization policy yeah. uh, has been brutal on me right. personally. Yeah. Just, um, you know, uh, um, getting into <clears throat> yeah, like my daily life, like that is probably the number one thing that has affected me in the past few years, mm -hmm. um, which is why I got into cryptocurrency and why I got on Reddit and stuff is because I just withdrew. Uh and so now I feel like having failed at YouTube, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, that's that's totally valid. Um, and that's actually like one of the other bullet points that I was going to get to was um, fault versus responsibility. Well, back to the bullet points then. <laughs> well, it's not a bullet point, but you brought it up yeah. in, a, in a really natural way. It's like, okay, so it's not your fault that YouTube demonetized your channel. It's not your fault. You were, you were there, you were a creator, you were doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're uploading your videos, and then YouTube demonetized all your videos out of nowhere. That's not your fault. But, what is, but it is your responsibility. And, oh, <laughs> and a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for things that happen to them because they think that by taking responsibility that they're accepting fault or blame for it. Because yeah. those two go hand in hand a lot. You know, like if you get in a car accident and you hit somebody, you're at fault for that and you also are responsible for whatever happens legally and with your insurance so a lot of people yeah but i didn't see that guy sure but it's still your fault 
Oh, sure. Um, so in that case, I didn't know about that fault law. and responsibility go hand in hand. In this case, it's not your fault that this thing happened, but it it all it's always your responsibility. The things that happen to you, you don't get to choose what happens yeah, to you. Sure. No one gets to choose what happens to them, but it, you. Everyone gets to choose to accept responsibility or not, and that's. that's I just the don't thing. know. I just real quick. I just don't know what good it does me. I guess to say like okay. I take responsibility for my channel getting wholesale demonetized as a motherfucker. It, it like it, I can still. I'm not like demonetized where I can I can upload a video right now and it'll get monetized, but all my old stuff gets zero, and it still pulls in views, but it gets zero. What it does uh, is by taking responsibility, it lets you own your choices of what you do next. So, in, so right now, <clears throat> it's your choice to withdraw. Yes. And be kind of mopey about it, which is it's fine. Am I mopey? Do no, I sound mopey? Right now, right now, you're, oh, okay. the way you're talking about, you're mopey? like, oh, I withdrew and I'm sad about it. Sure. Right. That's yeah, what you. I'm, I'm self aware. I think. But so that is a choice that you're making, and and a lot of I know it's hard because you don't want to feel like you made that choice. Yeah. But but if you look at it that way, where you're like, hey. I can take responsibility, even though this wasn't my fault that this happened to me, but it, I can take responsibility. It wasn't and my fault. I know it wasn't. <laughs> but now you can take responsibility and choose a different thing. Yeah. Because now you can own like this shit thing happened to me. Okay. I get to choose what to do next. I get to choose to create content because now I want to create content or I get to choose to do um, this other thing I'm passionate about or this other thing that makes me money that is performing. You know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you now have ownership, which. But I had ownership. Now I now I you had ownership about this other thing that got taken away from you. Right. And now you have ownership about what you do next about right, it right and so that's that's something that i think a lot of people get stuck into this um they don't want to take the responsibility because the thing wasn't you their can fault just say i don't want to take go ahead no I'm, I'm talking about everybody okay but you can talk, say it about me I'm but fine. i wanted to talk about social media because it, it social media it kind of supports people not taking responsibility because what what's easy to do is to be like it's youtube's fault or um, you know, it's this politician's fault that's in office and that's why my life is shitty or, you know, my my freaking boyfriend broke up with me and that's why I'm not happy or, uh, you know, like nobody will date me and that's why I'm not happy and all this stuff. And, and when Obama was in office, I was not demonetized. Well, so you should blame. So you, you could go post right now and be like, my <laughs> life was better when Obama was in office that's what and I'm you saying. will get a thread of people that are like, you're damn right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, like, oh, this sucks and we can't do anything about it. You'll get a ton of people supporting you in your misery and and kind of thank validating. You, thank you, every one of you. Thank yeah, you. Kind of validating that, yeah, it's not your fault. And therefore, it's like you can't be happy because you are not even in control of your own happiness because it's this other person's fault. You know, and and so we get stuck into this cycle of like feeling validated in the like not taking responsibility part. And that's where I'm at now, you think? Yeah, I think that for for this one subject, yeah. for YouTube, yeah, I, I do. Well, I just feel like if I, uh, like for example, like for me to do a video right now, um, I just don't know what's going to happen to it. Like, is it going to be, it's going to be more expensive that I did that video than, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why go into a, a debt hole because I'm making a video? So right now, your value that you're placing, your, what you're placing value on is money. Yes. Instead of maybe placing value on happiness or like on uh, performing or something that you're actually in control of. Right. You know? And so. Well, because it, it doesn't make economic sense to make something that is going to 
cost money and not make money, right? Like that's just the reality that I was in doing YouTube for yeah. so long. Where it's like this needs to do this. But did you start YouTube with the and with it just no, being about not, money? No, but I didn't start. I didn't. You know, I got to where I got um, by by just keep trying shit, right, and yeah. failing at shit, yeah. like constantly. Yeah, so like, keep definitely. doing that. Right, but then I'm like, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so you have. Yeah, but I want to make an excuse right now. You have, I know exactly, <laughs> and your brain's really good at that. All of our brains are really, really good at that, and and it's it's actually an effort to have to like own it and take responsibility and and then consciously change that pattern of thought. And and so like, okay, so for example, in 2012, I was unemployed. I got laid off from my restaurant job I was also trying really hard to be an actress and do the traditional route and audition and all that stuff but I got dropped by my manager and he sued me and I had no money to begin with but he sued me um for something that it was hard to it was hard to hire a lawyer to defend myself even though I felt I wasn't in the wrong um so there was that then also my boyfriend dumped me and was cheating on me and I got in a car accident on my way to a job interview and it just all around blowed. Like my life fucking sucked. Like I just was like, I can't win, you know? Like it felt like every time I tried to like win, I was just like slammed down. And it's like, none of those things were really my fault. I got laid off because a new company took over the company I was working at and they just wanted to hire all new people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I couldn't control my boyfriend cheating on me. Um, my manager, <clears throat> sued every client that he's ever represented or whatever and I was just really depressed like I I really I had no money in my bank account I had like negative money in my bank account I thought I was gonna have moved back in with my parents and stuff um and uh and and it I just I kept being like really angry and being like fuck all fuck everything you know mm -hmm. um but then I was like man Either I live like this forever and I just like hate everyone forever for the things that happened to me or I make a different choice and just try other things. So I started working out more, you know, like I started seeing a therapist. I started doing more stand up, like more things that were creatively fulfilling. So, yeah, so it, it was hard to like accept that I have like it was hard to take ownership for my own happiness I wanted to just continue to blame everyone else for why I was so unhappy and the circumstances and everything and and yeah it was really shitty and it wasn't my fault that those circumstances were happening but it was my responsibility for what to do next and I'm am really happy that I ended up doing these other things even though they weren't really economically sound for me like you know driving across town to go to do a stand-up show that doesn't pay me any money or anything. But what it gave me was like <coughs> more confidence and it gave me something that made me happy that you couldn't buy, you know? And and then I learned how to make my own self happy on my own. And now the next person that I got in a relationship with, which was you, it was like I was already happy on my own and you just enhanced it instead mm -hmm. of relying on you to give me happiness, you know? Yeah. And those those things I don't think I would have learned if everything if everything went my way, you know, if I hadn't failed or hadn't gotten rejected or hadn't experienced all that. I don't think I would have found another way to do to do life, to right. like find my own way of making my own self happy, to take responsibility for that, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes it's just hard to it's hard to just bite that swallow that pill and like be like, All right, 
even though it fucking sucks and I feel like this isn't my fault, I'll like make the choice to own it and be and and try to go to move in a different direction. Right. You know. So we have to take a break right now. Is there anything Let's I want to say it. before the break? Before the break. Um, uh, this is gonna be the best break we ever done. <laughs> You'll see. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and we're back from break. Hi, welcome back. Hi. Are you okay? I was right about that break. Was it great? This was, was, it really good? Good. was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you got caught up in a vulnerable moment. Yeah. So y- I feel very weird right now because of yeah. talking about this. I yeah, feel yeah. very odd. So well, I, I feel I mean, very uncomfortable. Maybe you feel uncomfortable because it's relatable. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what to do next. It's a weird thing. With YouTube? Yeah. 
Yeah. With what I've built, you know what I mean? Like I feel like what I built, uh, it's like I, I'm building this thing and it got taken from me and somebody else took it. And then I'm like, what do I do now? I was building that for so long. Yeah. Because my plan was always to, it was, I always put half of my money, like no matter what, all of the money went back into the channel. Like I made nothing off of the fucking thing forever. Yeah. And, but the idea was to build a library so that one day I could just keep making these videos using the, the library money yeah. to keep making new videos. Yeah. But then that got like usurped completely, sure. which is fine. That's that's the way it goes, right? But then <clears throat> I'm like, damn, I was I was working so hard on this for so long building this thing, and now I'm like, what do I do with it? Like I have 1.1 million subscribers. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. Right. I don't even know what to do. I don't. I'm like, you know, it's like people always say to me, well, why don't you just do tough talks again? And I'm and I I'm fine with that. I I, I could do that. I could see that doing fine and everything. Like for me personally, like I can see myself enjoying doing that, but the motivation's gone because of all, I almost am haunted by the memory of doing that work and then having it taken from me that I'm scared of doing it again. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. But maybe if you, if you saw it more as like, it wasn't all for naught because it's like your YouTube channel um, was a way to introduce yourself and your performing style to the world. Um, your sense of humor. People can at any time look up any of your videos. They didn't get taken down. You just don't make money off them, which sucks. But sure. But like you know, it. Uh, and I'm glad that people, people can, can see look that. Up that and stuff. They, yeah. It, people have hired you from from that yeah. work. And um, you've right now you're working with Just Kidding Films, and you're making you're writing movies. You were working with a couple of different people writing movies. Yeah. Um, and all of that came from the trust from you doing your YouTube channel and then writing movies and writing yeah. other things and writing things for other people for little to no money, yep. you know, and then, you know, that gets built up over time. For um, sure. And who knows what your next that thing I feel be? very secure about. That's not a problem. Like my yeah. writing career, I feel fine about like, I think good things are happening and like, it, yeah. I think I got enough going on there, but it's about, <clears throat> I was never like, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I was a kid, it wasn't writer. I never said that out loud one time. Mm-hmm. If I knew that, I would have cared more in English class. Like, ask my friend Jana, who does proofing on a lot of our scripts. It's like grammatically fucked, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but um, I've learned a lot from um, you know through being a writer, and I just never thought I was going to be one. So it's it's one of those things where I was I've always been a performer. I put, put so many years into performing, and then now here I am. I'm I'm like a performer without a show. Right is how I feel. Totally, and and. In a lot of ways, JK has made me feel more like a performer again. Mm-hmm. And then obviously doing stuff with you. <clears throat> so, and the feedback for that stuff has been phenomenal. So it's really made me feel like I could do it again, but I just don't even know how to start. So it's yeah. tough. So talking about failure, it's like, yeah. well, here I am. Someone who was was successful, who then failed, who mm-hmm. who now wants to, I just want to do stuff again. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, no. it's just such a, but it's it, like, so I can identify with everybody who's listening to this who's like, I just don't know how to start because I just feel like I got so burned that I just, like the idea of starting again is such a painful thing possibly that I'm just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been tough. <clears throat> and mostly I can I can justify you know, I would never just not 
be able to pay for whatever the fuck. Yeah. I'd rather literally kill myself. Like obviously, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I obviously <clears throat> make, I obviously always make sure that my bases are covered. Yeah. Like, and I always have a backup plan for whatever's going on so that I could make money or whatever on the side. But right now in particular, I'm just very confused about yeah. what exactly to do. Yeah. I and, felt this exact same way a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to like say that, oh, I'm the same as you and look what I did or anything like no, that. Yeah, I remember but, I, but I but I felt very <laughs> much like that. Like I was just in a lost state and I would like pray. I'd be like, please just show me like what to do and I'll work my ass off doing it. I just need to know what to do. Right. And um, I this year I really just embraced a couple things that I think might help you. And I don't know. Um, one is that uh one of the things I just read a chapter about in the book I'm reading was uh, about how happiness doesn't come from being problem free. It comes from solving our problems. Mm-hmm. So you just need better problems to solve. And you, this is just a better problem to solve than you had 10 years ago when you were trying to solve a problem um, of what to do. With I your don't life. quite know what you mean. OK, so so instead of at, like people think that if they didn't have problems, like if I just knew what I was going to do, you know, or if I just, you know. If I so just, it's like you need a if problem. If I just had money, I wouldn't have problems. But everybody has money problems. Like uh, Warren Buffett has money problems, and the guy that's homeless on the street has money problems. But Warren Buffett has better money problems. So you're just upgrading your problems. And and Warren, ha- Warren Buffett's money fucks it fucks <laughs> itself. It makes more money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about money yeah. problems, dude. I don't know if I'd use that well, word. <laughs> I'm saying you upgrade your problems. You're always going to have problems in life, and we actually get joy out of solving our problems. So even though this sucks, when you're going through the process of solving your problem, it makes it creates happiness, which fuels whatever the next thing you're going to do. And I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that um, this year, well, I felt the exact same as you last year, and I still do from time to time I still feel like am I doing the right thing am I like is this going anywhere is this is this the right move to make you know I still constantly struggle with that but um I feel more in the right direction that I ever have because um the beginning of the year I was just like man fuck it it feels like nothing is going my way like I wanted to buy a house and we were almost bought a house at the end of last year and then it's like it got taken away, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like we were gonna die in our apartment and, and then I felt like my acting career wasn't moving and my YouTube career wasn't moving or whatever and I felt like I'd been in the same position for years. And um, I just decided to celebrate where I was at. I just decided to like really actually fall in love with where I was at at this moment instead of denying this moment because I feel like I should be somewhere else because I think that was one of my biggest problems as I was like well I've been doing this for 10 years I should be farther I should be farther along mm-hmm. and in and this year this year I um was like you know what I'm just gonna like really embrace what's happening right now so I was like this shitty apartment I love it I love that we're here in Los Angeles still um <coughs> I started redecorating it you know, like um, we bought a new TV console and stuff or whatever, you know. And then I was like, what else do I love? What else do I want to do and explore that I love? Like lo- what will make me love what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? And I wanted to do a podcast because I wanted to open up more about like real things that I was going through and not worry about whether or not I was entertaining. You know, I yes. wanted to do something that just felt like I could just – 
talk and connect to other people. And I almost did it as like a YouTube format, like a video format, but I wanted like a longer format. And so I really, really was like, let's just do a podcast. And it just happened to be good timing that Studio 71 was looking for podcasts and whatever. Otherwise, we were just going to do it on our own, right? We were like kind of setting that up already. Um, And then I was like, what else do I like? I like writing and performing. So I started writing sketches. And I I thought maybe that would be the thing I did on YouTube again. I don't know. But I I just wanted to do something that felt happy. And I just judged it less on like the numbers it was getting or the money it was getting or whatever it was. And I judged it solely on whether it made me happy to do it. And, um, And so when I was writing the sketches, it made me really happy. And then we got to perform the sketches and it made me really happy. And then we edited it and those sketches didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, like nothing happened from those sketches, but it sent me in the right direction of gauging things based on what makes me happy rather than the old metric I was using, which is like money, success, uh, numbers, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm holding myself back because of those things. It's just one of those things where... Like literally, I, I hit up my old producer today. Today, yeah. Like fucking three hours ago, and I was like, "How much would it cost for me to do this white elephant kids video that I used to do mm-hmm. on my channel?" Which I it brings me joy. All the yeah. things you said, all the slogans you said, right? Brings me happiness, gives me personal fulfillment, all the things. But um, I it was it's gonna cost like twenty five hundred bucks, like bare minimum, mm-hmm. like at the bottom rock bottom most, it costs twenty five hundred bucks. That's the kind of scale I used to do shit up. Yeah. So it's like, well, fuck. I mean, that I would need to get 2.5 million views or whatever, two mm-hmm. two something million or whatever. And that's even, you know, hoping that I don't get demonetized for whatever the fuck reason. So it's just a dice throw instead of um instead of I mean, it's it's like for funsies, it's like, yeah, this is fun and all this shit, yeah. but I, like it costs money to get people and to pay for things and Totally. It's less like I can fire up a camera and cook something and then edit it and like what you know what I mean? Like what I used to do is what I'm a slave to. Yeah. It's almost like it's my it's like I'm I'm running I'm trying to get away from my own success, like my own thing that I built that I'm known for. Yeah. I now have to try to reinvent that. So that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Totally. You know what I've, I'm saying? I mean I've been there too. Yeah. So <clears throat> I like my whole time in LA like was for acting like I went to conservatory programs I studied acting for like every single day I um that's that was I was obsessed with it that's all I wanted to do when I first started on YouTube it was sketch comedy it was like it was acting it was not looking at a camera and talking right Mm -hmm. and so when I first started my own YouTube channel it was acting it was sketch comedy and it was writing and and acting and I could never bring myself to vlog like I just it was so uncomfortable and it was so not my element and it was I was like this is not my thing and so I wouldn't do it but because the sketch comedy took so much money to to like create sketches and to hire a camera guy even the most low budget thing that I could do like just one camera guy and me editing oh my god you're telling me to vlog I'm not telling you to You're vlog. You're telling me to vlog. I'm telling you to do things outside your comfort zone. You look zone. at me while you tell me to vlog. You should vlog. All right. How many at people out direct. there would watch Steve vlog? Leave really? a comment. 
Rate I, us so five that, stars. Is that what you're getting at? You think I should vlog, huh? Um, I'm not getting at that, but if that's what you want to try doing, you should do that. Uh, in fact, the person that got me to vlog was Steve Green himself. <laughs> He's the one True. that's that suggested I vlog, and I He's was the old me, I hard, my enemy. I hardcore passed on it. I was very like reject, reject, reject. I hate this. Um, and then, and then I I decided to try it when I got this brand deal that wanted me to vlog, and mm-hmm. I was like, ugh, I don't want to, but maybe I'll do it on this other channel. So I had this other channel that's youtubecom Nikki, which is pretty cool. Yeah, good URL. plug. Yeah, 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 to a completely dead channel. Yeah, well, but... um, this is a cool URL. But yeah, so I started vlogging on there. I was like, let me just try it for 30 days, and I ended up. <laughs> Strangely, I was connecting to an audience in a way that I never had before with with acting because yeah. it didn't allow me to. With acting, you're playing a character. You're, no one's seeing the real you, and I didn't want people to see the real me because you know that's for my own my own insecurities are that if people get to know the real me, they wouldn't like me, mm-hmm. and so I never wanted to show like that. Part, yeah. Right. Yeah. But since it was on a separate channel, I felt more comfortable opening up because it was like, well, I don't have to be an entertainer here because. This isn't my entertainment channel. I can just like talk about what's going on and just I just started opening up a lot more. And I started connecting to people in a way that I never had before. And I could still be funny, like I could because I'm just like I'm just being me. Um I'm not making like constructed jokes, but I'm just like, you know, like uh, like this is how I am in real life, you yeah. know? And and it was just uh it was just eye-opening. And when I merged those two channels, which is kind of like what my channel became now, um, I brought the blog blog channel over to my channel. Um, that's how it got started into like the whole vlogging and low budget thing. Was it all spawned from not being able to afford to do produced videos, and now that the main thing I do is like vlogging <laughs> and like so talking to a it's camera. Like, it's like Steven Spielberg. I never would have in a million years thought I would be. It's like doing that. Steven Spielberg with the shark, where yeah. the shark doesn't work, so he got to that's exactly film it. around the shark. Don't show the shark. They use that analogy in Failing Forward, the one of the books that I'm reading. It's one. It's always one of the most yeah. used analogies. I mean, it, it should I didn't be. even blink when you said it. It should be. Yeah. Because it, and do people maybe people at home don't know that story? I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that um, he had a mechanical shark for Jaws that he was going to film a lot of, and it didn't work half the time. Yeah, so it was breaking down constantly. So then he had to show less of the shark, which made the movie scarier because they never saw the shark. Yeah. Which is pretty tight. Yeah. So Nikki's basically telling me to do shark videos, I guess. Which yeah. I think I'm gonna do. Go to shark videos. Do no. It, Go what, check out what my it new does, one about makos. It's really cool. They're it, the fastest shark in the ocean. It forces your mind to come up with a solution that is viable. That it, it forces you to come up with a solution is what it does. Yeah. When you're put in a place where like you're like, well, this is what I want to do, and I don't have the money to do it or the resources to do it, or it doesn't make economical well, sense. Well, yeah, to but do then it. what if you got a bunch of uh, you know, your, your audience, yeah, if you will, whoever they are now. They're like, fuck you, make your trolling vids. I fucking hate you, make your trolling vids. You know, maybe if you know I, I would have started, like, you know, right away on my sketch comedy channel doing vlogs, the reaction might have been similar. But I think because it was a separate channel, it was it felt like a fresh start. So you, like, you're saying do a new, new channel? I don't know. Maybe if that works for you. Because Walk away from 1.1 million subscribers. Well, I wouldn't a say monolithic. I wouldn't amount. say walking away because at that point I had maybe two hundred thousand subscribers on my YouTube channel, which isn't like huge, but it wasn't like nothing yeah. either. And I just started doing it on the side. It was like on the side. Yeah. And it was just like because it was on the side, there was no pressure. It was more fun for me. I found that fun again. You know how like oh yeah sometimes you get that pressure because you want a video to do well because you have this standard that you've set, and I think that that's kind of the trap that you put yourself in. 
the having a separate a new thing that's like wait wait, wait. what trap did I put myself in? That you have the standard that you set. Oh yeah, you yeah. Have this, I like, want things to be a template. certain thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So because it's something completely separate, there was no pressure like that that I had on my. I had this pressure on my um, sketch channel because the sketches were getting so were so well received. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a, this series called Audition Fail that a lot of bigger YouTubers guest starred in. I wrote, it was really funny. Like I, I wrote like funny parts for them. They got to shine. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I wished that I could continue doing a series like that that was produced, but I didn't have the resources. So then I did self-help, which was like lower budget and it was at my apartment. But even that, like having a camera guy and, you know, doing all that. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of, it didn't get as many views because it was just me and it was just a whole thing, you know, like, but I had a high standard for the, quality of content that I was uploading on that channel. Yeah. You know, I got very like mm, about it. <coughs> sure. And She's and so I'm um, yeah, I'm a pinky in the air. Like, I, like I only upload the highest quality content, yep. you know. I don't do vlogging on my channel. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? And so starting a separate channel um, where I was like, hey, fuck you if you think that this is going to be good. It's not. I'm just going to, this is just me fucking around and this is just extra content. It's just extra content. Right. It was like fun because there there was no failing. It's like, this is just me fucking around. Yeah. This is like, How can you call it failure? Like I'm a, not even trying. Right. Yeah. It's like a scratch pad. It's like if I'm an artist and I like paint like crazy masterpieces. Yeah. And then I have this sketch pad that I'm just like sketching out ideas or, you know, kind of like writing it out. The vlog channel was like my sketch pad. There's no mistakes because it's just, I'm just sketching, you know, like I'm just Maybe doing I'll that. just start sketching things. And then I think ideas I get what you're saying happen. now. Yeah. So that's, so that's what I'm saying. Is that like you might see that this is a fail a failure right now or like you failed at this thing? It's not. I really don't like see a, it like that. I just see it as like a failing. discouraging thing where totally. it's like, oh but man, all that fucking work, man. YouTube, thanks a lot, brah. Yeah, failure is discouraging. Like discouraging. you sure didn't hate me while you were making love to me, YouTube, and uh, and the money I was making you. Yeah. But but then when you know you you had your way with me and then you spit me out. Like that's yeah. that's basically how it feels. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I get that. That's totally valid. But that's how people feel when failure happens or when a or they get rejected or like that it's a huge part of it. It's very discouraging. Well yeah, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Good. And then I mean that's like leads me to the last thing that I was gonna talk about, which is just like letting rejection stop you from doing things because a lot of people they get discouraged by failure or rejection and then they're like well i don't want to try that again because like look how screwed i got yeah me that's me right i got so screwed so my my i mean i've been on like a thousand million auditions that i don't ever book um and it's really failing all the time at those auditions very discouraging oh my god but i love acting so much so maybe Maybe I go a different route. Maybe like I'm building something that I can act in later. You know, I don't know. For a long time, I just sat in depression about like not booking. Like I'm just never going to be an actress, even though I love acting. It's just not in the cards for me. Right. And maybe it's not in the cards for me, but I know that that feeling that love is still there. Like I really love acting. So if it's meant to be, maybe it'll happen some other way. But um, but I'm not going to let all of these productions rejecting me stopped me from just doing something that I love to do you know and my favorite actor who's like totally an inspiration every time I feel like I just want to quit you know Angela Lansbury no but close um Sybil Shepard no Mm. younger 
No. No? Not younger? Older? Old Judy so, Dench? So she... Dame Ju- Judy? Well, she's not alive anymore. Judy Dench is alive? No, my person. Oh, yeah. Dorothy. <laughs> no. From Wizard of Oz. Judy Garland? Yeah, Judy Garland. <laughs> no, Lucille Ball. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Lucille Ball. <laughs> she's like my favorite story of rejection turned fucking amazing success. Yeah. Um, because she, like, she, she wanted to act forever, you know, since she was the little girl. What's so wrong with Angela Lansbury? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, okay. Her. She's just not my, my person that I look I to when yeah. I'm like feeling down. Okay, got it. Yeah, so Seal Ball. Fucking hilarious <sighs> woman. Hot. She's always like hot and also funny. Um, way before her time. And so, uh, yeah, so she wanted to act since she was a kid. Yeah. At 15, she decided to um, go for performing arts school. You know, <laughs> She'll never Dramatic make it. arts. Well, she didn't. She auditioned. They, kicked, they were like, no. And then she auditioned three times, and they were like, "You will never be a successful. You will never work actress. in this town." No, really, they Lucille said that. Ball. Yeah, that's a name people will remember. They and then they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "That's what I love." I that's love- what I love about biopic movies. Yeah, no one's ever going to play Queen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure somebody said that, dude. Fucking a. Everything got to be so black and white in these things. Yeah, man. no, I, that's what I love. Is that I love the I love the revenge success. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so she was told like she's an unta- untalented hack and that she'll never make it. <laughs> and so then she she goes on, she does some, you know, great interesting jobs, stuff like that. And she um she also starts modeling because she's fucking hot. And so she she starts booking some gigs, modeling, and then um she got like some little small small movie parts because she's like got her modeling thing going on. And uh, but she's like, that's not her passion. Did you ever notice how back then it was like, yeah, you just moved to California, you walk on set, and you say, can I have a job? And they're like, sure thing. And yeah. that guy's name is James Dean. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. How the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that no, that is how they make it's it. It's like seem. Harrison Ford was making tables, and then he's in Star Wars. It's like I Jesus. would love to have seen the way it worked because that is how it ma- they make it seem like right? it was back then. Isn't that funny? So so Lucille Ball, she's like you know getting rejected <laughs> acting wise left and right. She dyes her hair red because like everyone has blonde hair, and she's like, I want to be different. And they're like, whoa, you look way cooler with red hair and so they start hiring her more mm-hmm. um she ends up getting enough like movie roles like a little bit of you know a little bit of something going on a little bit of success and um she teams up with um with uh desi on like on this desi arnez desi arnez yeah and she some projects you know she gets to work with him and she's like oh my god i'm swoon she's like so in love with him Right, and then one of the funnier wife beaters in history. He <laughs> he encourages he? her to uh to like you know go go pursue her fucking dreams, and even though he was an alcoholic and terrible to oh, her yeah, like later in life, awful. but like you know he was very supportive of sure, her dreams. Sure, sure. Anyway, so she starts this. She does this radio show, which is basically like the radio version of "I Love Lucy," called "My Favorite Husband," but it's with this other guy, because mm-hmm. um, like it can't be an interracial yeah, relationship, course, you yeah, know. Exactly. And CBS is like, "Dude, we love this radio show. We want to do the a show show, like a TV show." And uh, Lucy's like, "Okay, but I want it with my real husband, Desi Arnaz." And they're like, <laughs> "Interracial? No, yeah. hell, no. Nobody's gonna want to watch that." Yeah. And they're like, "They're like, hey, we'll give you this deal, <laughs> this television show." If you just do it with a different guy. And she's like, you know what? No. And so she does this. She takes their thing. Or I love Lucy. And she does it uh, on vaudeville. And then they get a bunch of success with that on vaudeville. And then CBS is like, hey, uh, we want to. Yeah, our bad. We want to do it, actually. And they're like, and maybe okay. since it's black and white, nobody would be able to tell it's interracial. How about <laughs> that? That's pretty kick ass. Uh, like, why didn't we think of that before? And they're like. 
well, we want to do it on film. And CBS was like, whoa, whoa, hold up there. You can't do it on film. It's so expensive. We have like this other thing called Kino something, whatever. It was like less expensive. And they're like, okay, we're willing to take a cut and pay in order to do it on film. But then we still, we have more ownership of it. Like, so they started their production company. Oh. And um, yeah. And then so that they, they're like, okay, fine. You guys are losers. Why would you take a cut and pay? But whatever. And then they become like that becomes like the, the, one of the biggest shows, and yep. they explodes. And she owns like all of it. And then she buys. She ends up when her and Desi get divorced. She buys his half of the company. And she becomes like the first um, head of production. The first Oprah. Yeah, the first head of production uh, at any studio. Yep. And also, I think she became one of the first female uh, multimillionaires mm-hmm. in history. And she was told many times that she. And what was her kid's yeah. name? And she was like in her forties by the time this all happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Remember their kid, little uh, what was his name, Chachi or something? I don't know. Little but Ricky. Little Ricky. What that the kid, hell, little Chachi? Well, but no, well, I don't know. <laughs> but think about it. That kid, because of all this shit, that kid probably never had to lift a finger his whole life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I don't guarantee know his life. it. He probably has his own struggles, though. I would love to know about him. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about like before when I was comparing myself to people that those people that I was comparing myself to. I talk to them and they think that they're failing. So no one ever, oh, sure, no one sure. ever wins. No one ever no one feels wins. like they're yeah, no. succeeding because they have different metrics that they're comparing themselves That's to. That's correct. And um, yeah, so there's that. Don't well, like cool. rejection. I guess I'll go be, a, I'll go be Lucille Ball now. I guess I get the, got the message. Yeah, I hope you feel very inspired. But my whole point in all this is- I'm going to go do is, the Lucy show again. Yeah, go do the Lucy show. Thanks. I mean, we're interracial. We could do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's like, I'm the brown one though, and you're like you're the. Oh, one. that's fun. Yeah. And hey, I failed Spanish four times. I, I know a little bit, a very little bit of Spanish that I could yell at you with. Well, you don't, it's fine. We could just be in, in English. Could okay. Be in yeah. English. Okay. Just saying, it's out there. I got that as in my <laughs> well, in my good, weapons. Good. Good, you know, good. Good. I hope we can use I'm a, it. I'm a tr- tr- double threat with that. Well, my whole I think the whole point to all of this episode is just um, embracing that failure is a part of success and finding the solutions is ultimately what's going to make you the happiest. Well, and yeah, that's but the finding them part is the hard part. Yeah, but that's the rewarding part. That's like saying getting out of the jungle will feel good. And well, I'm like, yeah, but fuck, where, where, where? But that's the rewarding part. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, I'm then, just, and then once you I'm get just, out of the jungle. I'm just looking at a lot of trees and I've been here for a long and then time and it's pretty dark Once you get out of the jungle, here. you're in a forest and then you got to get out of the forest. But the forest has like nicer trees. No, once you're out of the jungle, you're out of the jungle. No, but you're not ever out of the jungle. That's the point. No, you're out. Is that once you, made you, it. you just upgrade and you get a better set of problems. I think you get on a bus and you go to Easy Street. Okay. I love that. We'll keep, just go. Wait. Let me know. Send me a postcard when you get there. Hey, I bought the bus ticket. I'm just waiting for the bus. <laughs> Okay. I'm just going to keep waiting over here. All right. What are your final thoughts while waiting for this bus? Um, You know, believe in yourself, kids. Wow. Yeah. No, honestly. Um, you turn into a fortune cookie. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, that's what the, that's the bit. No, but um, I don't know. Final thought. I don't really have one. I just feel like... Um, I want to do something. I don't know what. I'm such a perfectionist. And that sounds ridiculous, but it's when it comes to my own stuff, I'm very touchy about what I do. Lucille Ball was a perfectionist. Doing other people's stuff, no problem. I'll do it all day long. But when it comes to my thing that I made, it's mine. Yeah. I got it. You're stamping your name on it. I got one way to do it. That's exactly right. And that's my way. And so I'm very. uh, 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 stupidly touchy about that and I gotta get over it 
I got to get over it. That's my number one thing, yeah. I think, that I got to get over. Because I think that that's the biggest thing holding me back. And the thing, the way you get over it is just by doing it. Just by doing right. it. Yeah. Right. Just by doing it and like failing maybe. Or maybe not, you know? Like, sure. But if you fail, you just learn from that and then you try it again and eventually maybe you get it. Maybe I should just uh, become a YouTube drama channel. That, that, seem to be, that seems to be fun. No. Oh, sure. So a lot of people I know seem to be very fulfilled okay, and happy go doing ahead that. And do it. Do yeah, it. maybe I'll do that. Do it then. Thank go you. Do it. I will. All right. Well, leave a comment. Just give some encouragement to Steve. He's going oh, through a dark on. place right now. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm sure these guys have real problems, but I wanted to bring up mine so that it's not unfair. You know, no, that's great. So we're not just talking no, at them. I'm you know? great that you're. I'm. Uh, I'm great that you're. Uh, I'm grateful that you are um, sharing that. That you're. Yeah, like, man. I don't want to just be like, it. Yeah. Hey, guys, I made it, and here from up here on high. Let me throw bread at you and tell you how to win. No, I think that uh, that's uh, that's how people think sometimes. Like I, I do too. um yeah. I didn't realize that because I don't see myself as a successful person. Yes. I, so it's hard for me to it's hard for me to see it that way and so when people are like, "Oh, easy for you to say uh, all up there right, exactly. being successful." I'm like, "Really? You think <clears> this? Oh, oh, yeah. no. Like this is to me I don't see it that way yet, but then that's why I'm telling you that I mean just Embrace where you are, wherever you are, and realize that you're, we're all on somewhere on the journey, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. such a like cliche thing to say too, but like we're all at different places, you know? And um, it doesn't mean that, that I'm at the end or you're at the beginning or I'm in, you know, we, you don't know where people are in their journey. You just really really don't. So um, my, my final thought is just, uh, yeah, I guess celebrate where you're at. That's that's like the biggest thing I've been focusing on this year is is not um, letting like the little things that used to get me down about like, why am I not here yet? Like I would dwell on that too long. Now I'm like, yay, I'm here. And that's when the growth started happening is when I was like, I'm so happy with this little thing that I've got. And then I was able to appreciate growth instead of feeling like, oh, finally I get to catch up. Yeah, you know? no, I'm appreciative like, oh. of where I'm at. Like, Doing the show with you, doing the JK yeah. stuff with the guys, doing my stuff with Mike. Oh, yeah. And then we bought a house because <clears throat> I wasn't right. focused on buying a house anymore. I was just like focused on being happy <clears throat> where I was living, you know? And then it, I don't know, it's just like that energy of like, <clears throat> I'm happy here. And then more happy things just started flowing in. You know, I'm, than, I'm appreciative yeah. of where I'm at. I'm not saying you're not. No, I'm, I know. I'm telling them my thing. No, I know. I'm just you saying. You said your final thought. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> all right cool well that was that was my, that's my final thought is just celebrate where you're at and then you are able to appreciate growth more please don't forget to rate us it really helps out a lot when you rate us it makes us feel good in a world that doesn't <laughs> does that help damn does that help yeah that helps okay guys subscribe rate and view see you next time hopefully can't wait for next time guys Bye. we got a real delightful one we're Jesus. talking to famous serial Merry Christmas, killer by the way i think this is coming out around like christmas no, time. We're, we're talking to a, a famous serial killer jack of about what motivates him on monday today's episode is brought to you by angie Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. 
I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. 